0: Well good morning everyone my name is Pastor Richard and I'm uh, uh, bringing you God's word this morning which is a wonderful privilege and uh, you know I'm going to be talking about God's word and how central it is to our lives and uh, it's very good so uh, uh, Michael last week started a uh, series working on emotions or you know faith and feelings and uh, you know the emojis you know the emojis everyone's got an emoji got emojis everywhere every time you write something you've got to put an emoji on the end Do <laughs> you do that? Right, and how am I feeling? I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, you put the, can you please do this for me? <laughs> so this is very frustrating. You know, you put all these faces. You know, I think emojis is what it's all about, isn't it? Like, you know, we've got to do that. Did you know that I went to a counsellor once, I don't know why, uh, you know, somebody recommended it. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I went along and they said, do you understand how you feel? Are you in touch with your feelings? And I said, sure. Happy, sad, scared, now. <laughs> you know, anyway, but he said, well, what I want you to do is I want you for the next two weeks to um, read your feelings and describe them three times a day. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> what are we doing? Feelings. Anyway, so I said, well, what feelings have you got? Because I, 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 I need some ideas, you know, because I had happy, sad, scared. <laughs> oh, I couldn't think of any others because I'm a man, see? Anyway, so what I did was um, he gave me a list, like there's hundreds of different emotions that you can feel, and, and I suddenly said, yeah, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that, and it was quite amazing what happened. What, what you discover is how you're feeling over the day and over the week, and uh, it's just amazing how you do that, and when you start to become in touch with your emotions, then you start to understand and you start to live better, you know what I mean, like, if you know how you're feeling, then what you do, those feelings draw you to why you're feeling that way. And so if you're feeling scared, you have to figure out why am I feeling so scared? You see? And so what we're doing is we're going through these emotions until we get to Jesus upon the cross. As we, as we, you know, prepare for Easter, we need to see how Jesus handles the emotion. And it's going to be so revealing. You know, both on Friday and on Sunday, we're going to be seeing how Jesus handles the emotions. And so, uh, as we prepare for that, we want to see how do we deal with our emotions. And today, we're going to be dealing with the emotion of feeling empty, of being sorrowful. And so, what we're going to do is look at one hundred uh, some, one hundred and nineteen, and we're going to read the verses twenty-five to thirty-two, and we're going to look at how we deal with these emotion, with this emotion. It says, I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you you have broadened my understanding. So let's pray. So, Father God, we come before you. We thank you that you are a speaking God. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you bring your word to life in us. And so, Lord, as we consider these words this morning, well we pray that you'll so move in us that it may run really deep, that it may come to the core of who we are and our relationship with you. And so, please, broaden our hearts, widen our hearts so that we may receive your word to us as we ask this in Jesus' name. Okay, so the first thing we need to learn about this section is this is the Daleth section. I yeah. know, oh, you're going to have a Hebrew test now. So the alphabet. So this psalm is the longest psalm in the whole Bible, or longest chapter, and it's made up of every letter of the alphabet. So the way it runs is some amazing author, I was hoping it was David, but I'm not sure, did this through the whole alphabet. So there's Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. And so we're at the Delta stage. And so the Delta is D. And in the Hebrew, every sentence in this section starts with D. Amazing. If you see it in the Hebrew, you'll really appreciate how amazing that is. But so he managed to do this right throughout the whole alphabet, through the whole Greek alphabet. And, you know, he's talking about letters, but he's talking about God's Word. And so what we see here is the problem The problem is the emptiness or the sorrow. He says, I am laid low in the dust. I am laid low in the dust. Now, the dust is a terrible thing to be in, you know, in those days, isn't it? The the dust. I mean, uh, you know, if you're in the dust, you're eating serpent's food. Remember that? In uh, Genesis chapter 3, when uh, God cursed the serpent for leading uh, God's people astray, uh, he said, on your belly you will go and you'll eat dust for the rest of your life. You know, serpent's food is not good food. See? Or if you put dust on your head, that's humiliation, isn't it? That's, you're you're on, the, on the dirt. You're repenting before God. You're putting dust on your head. Or when you're in the dust in the Old Testament, you're dead. It's actually the grave. And so what this psalmist is saying is, I am laid low in the dust. I am dead. I am as good as dead. I am eating serpent's food, and then in verse 28, he says, "My soul is weary with sorrow. My soul is weary with sorrow. It's not, not just I'm I'm having a bad day. You know, I'm, I'm in the dust, and my soul is weary. I just I just I just can't rise above the problems that I have. I'm on the dirt. I'm on the ground. I'm on my knees. I'm on the, I can't I can't rise above the problems that I have." And so what we need to see is what does this psalmist do with this feeling? And this psalm, or this section of the psalm, is so awesome in how he deals with it. You know, he knows where to go, you see. He says in verse 25, I am laid low in the dust. I can't rise above it. I am dead, as good as dead. And then he says, preserve my life according to your word. And, uh, you know, the word there in the Hebrew says preserve, but I prefer the word revive revive like you know the english word preserve sounds like you want to preserve it like pickles but <laughs> i think it's it's a revival prayer it's a revival prayer so he says i am laid low i need revival so re- revive me bring me to life again according to your word your word brings life and so that's how he begins And so it's really important to see what God does with his word. So how do you get revival? How do you become new and powerful and effective in your life, in your family, and in your community? Does anyone here want revival? Say it again. (laughs) And and everybody said, amen. (laughs) Who wants revival? We all want revival, don't we? We know that there are parts of us that are still dead and need reviving. We want to be completely revived so that then we are right before God, blessed before God, and a powerful influence for God in our community. We all want revival. And if you don't want revival now, shame on you, (laughs) because then you don't know what you're missing. Being revived by God himself means that you have spiritual life that you have never experienced or no one else could experience unless they have a relationship with God. It begins there, you see. And so this psalmist says, I am laid low, I'm as good as dead. Now you revive me according to your word. And then he goes on and explains how that works. See? Let's have a look. I gave an account of my ways, and you answered me. I gave an account of my ways, you know, so I gave a confession, I testified to you about my life. So the first thing he does to gain revival is he confesses his life before God. See? How do you think that would work? How would that work for you? You would say, Lord, I want revival according to your word and I'm going to begin with confession. In my life, I have depended on myself. In my life, I have made so many other things more important than you. In my life, I've been worried about so many things and scared about so many things and afraid of so many things and I haven't put you first. This is my problem. This is why I'm not revived right now and this is why I feel dead. Spiritual death comes from separation from God. And so the opposite is true. When we get into the presence of God, we become spiritually alive, filled with joy and peace that cannot be taken away. And so that's what he says. I give an account of my life. So he confesses his sins, he confesses his life before God. And then what does God do? As soon as he starts confessing his sin or his life before God, God answers him. Just, you see, I love that. Just like Isaiah. Remember when Isaiah was commissioned? He was in the temple and the glory of the Lord appeared in the temple. He said, Woe is me! Woe is me! I am ruined. And as soon as he said the word ruined, you know, the angel came and showed him healing. And this is what we have here. As soon as he starts to confess, then God answers. God answers. God speaks. Do you hear the voice of God when you come before him seeking revival? If you don't hear the voice of God, then there's something wrong. There's something dead that needs reviving, isn't there? And so what happens is God speaks. And so how does God speak? And this is what he does. It says, teach me your decrees. And so God answers with decrees. God answers with the word of the gospel. God answers with his word. He speaks it from his heart through his mouth into our heart so that we may hear God's decrees. How does God speak to us? He speaks to us with his word into our heart and it comes alive and transforms us and we become revived, you see? Reviving. And that's just one. The next thing that happens is he says, cause me to understand the way of your precepts. So he doesn't just speak and say, do this and do this and don't do that and don't do that and do this. He actually says, he gives you understanding. I love that. He doesn't just say, oh, just blindly obey, do what I say and everything will be fine. We tend to think Christianity is like that, don't we? We tend to think it's a bunch of rules and a bunch of regulations and things we don't do and, oh, we have to smile and we have to say nice things and... You know, we have to not steal and we have to figure out how all that works and it's just sort of this blind obedience and yet the God of love who answers this in grace says, this is how you do it. I'll give you the reason. I'll help you know. Isn't that wonderful? If you say, oh, well, that's why, then you'll do it, you see. Have you ever had that when you were a child? You know, you said, because I said so, do this thing. You know, I've said that to my kids, and then they say, Why? And you go, Oh, now I've got to explain it. (laughs) Sometimes you say, Because I said so. And but God doesn't do that. God speaks deep into your heart and he says to you, My word is true. My word brings life. Hear my word, and then you will be revived. And this is why, see? When you read the word of God, you'll be amazed. You discover who God is, how everything was created, who we are, who we are in Christ, and how we're called to live. I mean, there's nothing more we need to know. All that we need to understand is right there in God's Word, right at our grasp. We can read it all. And so that's what he does. He helps us understand. And then uh, he says, I meditate on your wonderful deeds. Your wonderful deeds. The Word of God contains the wonderful deeds of God, don't they? how God created the world, how God established his people, how God brought grace and, and a relationship and a land and a blessing and so much. It's, it's God's wonderful deeds are contained therein. And so as we read the word of God, we say, we have a God who's the creator of everything, the sustainer of everything, the judge of everything, and he loves us. That's what we learn from his word. As we meditate on it, we discover it more and more. And then he says, strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me with your word. As your word comes into us, according to that, strengthen us, revive us. See, the word of God just keeps coming up. Have you noticed? And then it says, keep me from deceitful ways. Keep me from deceitful ways. Keep me... With the truth, help me to understand the truth. You know, you know. Every day, wherever we go, we're being shouted lies at us all the time. Oh, we shouted lies. We can hardly hear the truth because we're being shouted lies. This is the best car. This is the best image you should have. You know, don't let anyone tell you whether you're a male or a female. You know, just they're just shouting all these things at us so that we will just believe them, and yet. We pray here, he prays, that keep me from deceitful ways. So important, isn't it? We need to have the word of God working in us so that we can see what is deceit, what is a lie, what is untrue, so that the truth can set us free. We get tangled up in so many lies that we cannot be revived because we can't even hear the voice of God through all the lies. And so as we focus upon God and his word, this will happen to us. It's a promise. We will be kept from deceitful ways. We will know the truth. When a lie comes it just will go, eh, that's a lie. Can you do that? Do you have that discerning spirit, that discerning heart? It comes from the spirit of God empowering the word of God in you so that then you can see and know the truth and then you can see and know a lie when it hits you in the face. They are so subtle, aren't they? The Satan is going around like a roaring lion and he's trying to convince you not to believe the word of God, not to read the word of God, not to meditate on the word of God so that you will not be revived. Because the worst thing he could possibly think of is you or me revived. Can you imagine the threat that we are to Satan and his demons and people if we're revived? If we have a boldness and a courage and a life that can stand against anything, even his own gate, the gate of hell, can't stand against somebody who is revived. And this is how it works. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. God comes in and he teaches. You know, In the New Testament he says that you know, the Spirit of God will lead you into all truth. He'll teach you. Don't even worry about things that you don't quite understand because the Spirit of God will teach you. Have you tested that? Have you tested that yourself? I think it's a great test, isn't it? I want you to to grab the Word of God and start reading. And then as you read it, just see what happens. See what happens. I was reading, you know, my favourite author and person in the world is Tim Keller, type Leslie, sorry. Leslie is my favourite person in the world. Uh, Tim Keller is my favourite theologian, preacher in the world. Anyway, and uh, he, um, he said that um, he was young, he was, um, I think, in youth group, and there was a, a, a lady, the teacher, she said, now I want you to grab a verse of the Bible, and she gave, you know, I think it was Mark 1 verse 17, and said, go off, and I want you to spend half an hour on that one verse. Half an hour on one verse. And then I want you to write down what you discover and then come back and we'll share. See? He said there was a class lot and they all went off and he said this is what they do. You, you get the word of God and you read it and you go, yep, I got it. Oh, that's one minute gone. <laughs> so I just got 29 minutes to go. And then he started to read it again and thought, wait a minute. This is what it's saying. Wait a minute. There's more. What does that mean for me? You know, and so it just, it just kept going and then in half an hour wasn't enough time to study that one verse. And then they all came back together. You know, the teacher said, okay, up on the whiteboard, what are the major things that stood out to you? And so they wrote down all those amazing things that everybody picked up. And she said, who picked that up in the first five minutes? And there was no one who put up their hand. Who picked that up in ten minutes? Nobody put up their hand. Who picked that up in 15 minutes? And a few people put up their hand. The point is, you see, when you just look at the surface of a a text and just say, oh, that's what it says, and you don't start to allow the Spirit of God to bring that word to life in you, then you won't discover it. When was the last time you spent 15 minutes on one verse? Be honest to yourself. When was the last time one verse... One verse that can bring so much life and revival to you. Do you see how challenging this is? This man, he has this feeling of being sorrowful. is in the dust. And then God says, well, you know, I have my word for you. And then he comes. God does all this, you see. And so he learns, he teaches, he grows, he becomes revived and things start to change. Then what happens to change it? I love it. He says, um, uh, verse 30, then he makes, this is what he does, all right? So so this is what's happened. Let's uh, see if we can recap. And so I am laid low in the dust, Preserve my life according to your word. And then he confesses. And then he says, teach me, help me understand, you know, help me, help me meditate on your wonderful works. It says, um, keep me from deceitful ways, teach me your law. And then this is what he does. Watch this. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. I run the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Now, now, so you see, okay, what God has done. He said, give me revival, Lord. I need revival according to your word. So God comes to him in his word. He studies his word. His word brings him to life. And then this is the discipline part. This is what we all need to learn, you see. It says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness to live according to your word. See, it's, it's a decision, isn't it? It's every morning or a certain time every day I'm going to read your word and I'm going to choose the way of faithfulness. I'm going to choose to read your word, understand what it says, and then do what it says and I'll be revived. I have set my heart on your laws, okay? And so my desire, what I want for me, that revival that I need, it comes from your word. I'm going to read your word. I'm not going to focus on these other things. There are millions of other things that are competing for our desires and our wills, aren't there? But he said, I'm going to cast all that aside and I'm going to focus on your word. Your word is going to be central in my heart. If I watch anything else or do anything else, it's just going to be a refreshing and just a bit of a break or whatever. But I'm going to keep your word central. Just imagine if you allowed that to happen. If you let God's, if you said, God, I'm going to do this, and then He will honour you by teaching you His word every day. Every decision you make will be made according to the word of God. Can you imagine? Every decision? How many decisions do we make every day? We make hundreds of decisions every day. Imagine if God's word is teaching you or helping you or guiding you through the decisions that need to be made. You'll be amazed at how revived you feel as you hear and practice what God does. It's just incredible. Then he says, um, I hold fast to your statutes. I'll hold fast to your statutes, which is another word for the law of God or the, decrees of God, and I hold fast to them. Now, what we need to see, if we go back to the Hebrew, is he said originally, I I am laid low in the dust, which I cling to the dust. I'm just dust. I'm clinging to the dust. But here he says, I cling to your statutes. You see what's happened? He was clinging to dust. He was unrevived. He was dead. He went to God according to his word. He meditated on God's word. And then suddenly now he's holding on to God's word. And so he's demonstrating to us he is revived, right? He is revived. He says, I hold fast to your statutes or to your word. Do not let me be put to shame. And then he says the most amazing words of all, I run in the path of your commands. I run in the path of your commands. You see the difference? Clinging to the dust, being revived by the word of God, uh, choosing to, um, to to weigh on it, to um, hold it, and now he's holding it and now he's running, running. Do you see the difference? Dust, running. This is the picture that he says. So I run the path of your commands. So I'm going to read your word and I'm going to run through my life uh, living according to your word. And then he says the best word of all, which is, you have broadened my understanding. You have, I, I don't, yeah, I'm sorry. I, apologies to the person who did this, but you have, you know, broadened my understanding. It doesn't sound good. Uh, I prefer to say, you have set my heart free. That's better broadened understand. You have set my heart free. My heart was dirt, but now my heart is free. Do you see how it works? It's such an amazing thing. We we need to catch it and understand it and do what it says. We need to say this is how we live. The word of God is living and it's active. It's living and active because it is God. You know, when we read the the God, the word of God, we find the God of the word. It is God. God speaks to us. The mouthpiece of God is in this word. He promises to just ingest it into our heart so that our heart may be set free and we feel completely revived. Doesn't that challenge us a little bit? We need to read this word of God and allow God to do his work because it is his work and then our hearts will be set free. That's a, such a beautiful picture. And so now as we're you know preparing to celebrate Easter, we need to consider how did Jesus use the word of God? He emptied himself of all but love, didn't he? He emptied himself. He chose to empty himself of all but love and to go to the dust. And how was he helped? How could he have the joy set before him as he went through that? Well, he had the word of God come to life in him, didn't he? Jesus is the word become flesh. Jesus is the word, and he demonstrated how it works by how he lived. Everything he said was the word of God come to life, wasn't it? When he was upon the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You know, he, he was speaking the word of god no matter what happened he was he was he spoke um, psalm we're going to look at that psalm 22 at easter time where he said my god my god why have you forsaken me jesus lived was a living witness to how the word of god revives someone and then how they lived and so as we follow jesus to the cross we need to ask ourselves where do we go with our emptiness where do we go with our sorrow? Where do we go with our worry? Where do we go with our anxiety? The word of God needs to be in us because it will revive us and help us through. And so often I say that, you know, we need to have these um, these word bombs, like a, a landmine in our hearts, don't we? When we start to feel anxious, we need to have a, an explosion of God's word. Is that what you do? Don't be anxious about anything. But by prayer and petition, bring your requests to God. Oh, you know, I feel, I, feel, I feel alone and forgotten. And God comes to us and says, I have you in the palm of my hand. I will not let you go. There are so many words that God has in his word that you can put in your heart that can embed there that when you feel a certain way, God will teach you and instruct you and help you. And so read the word of God. Allow it to come to life. Allow it to transform you. Learn from Jesus and you will become more like him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is living and active. We thank you for how it brings life and transforms. Lord, we thank you for this psalmist. We thank you for how he has shown, taught and demonstrated what it's like to go from being dead spiritually to being alive in you. Lord, we know that he was going through trial and trouble, but we thank you for how you ministered to him. And, Lord, each one of us here have our own trials and troubles. We have our worries and our concerns. Lord, please forgive us for trying to do it on our own, for doing it in our own strength. Lord, help us to turn to you and say these very words, that we are laid low, Revive us according and with and by your word. Lord, forgive us for not reading your word enough, for not studying it well enough, for not digging deeply within it. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll give us eyes, that you'll give us a heart, that you'll give us a desire to know your word. And then, Lord, please do your work. Bring understanding, bring clarity, teach us. Keep us from lies and help us to depend upon you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.